0: It's February 22nd, 2021. We've got some big stories today. Democrats are attempting to strong arm cable companies into getting conservative news channels banned. Dr. Fauci says we may not see normality return until 2022 and Coca-Cola is facing serious backlash after telling their employees to, quote, try to be less white in a diversity training. But before we get started, make sure you check out today's sponsor, SafeAndReadyMeals.com. SafeAndReadyMeals.com provides you with emergency food supplies that when properly stored can last up to 25 years. I don't recommend these things because I think the world is ending or anything like that, but sometimes it rains. Recently in Texas, we saw power outages and inclement weather that made it very difficult for supplies to make it to stores. We should always be prepared, You should have some kind of first aid kit, some water, and probably some food. So go to safeandreadymeals.com. Pick up your emergency supplies today. Don't ever let anyone shame you into not taking care of yourself, your friends, and your family. With that being said, let's jump in to the first story. Trump supporters have a meme where they say, in reality, the machine wasn't after Trump. It was after you. Trump was just in the way, and I understand why they feel that way, because, well, a lot of these companies, these media outlets, Democrats do target regular working class people, and the woke cult does try to get regular people fired from their jobs. But often the establishment machine was heavily focused on Donald Trump. The reality is they are after you and they are also after Trump. Even though Trump is no longer president, they're still coming after regular working class people. They're still claiming about making claims about all this extremism, and they're still trying to put Trump in jail. At least at the state level, you have these AGs or you have these DAs trying to go after Trump's finances and find something he did that was criminal. And it's probably because they are scared Donald Trump may run again or will take control of the GOP and push through pro-Trump candidates. Well, with Trump out, they are shifting a bit of their focus. We're now looking at a story. Democrats ask cable and streaming providers about their role in spreading misinformation ahead of Capitol riot. This is a story about Democrats who are trying to strong arm cable companies into banning Fox News, One, uh, One American News and Newsmax. They want to eliminate their political opposition. Why? Why? it's not about Trump supporters. It's about populists. The establishment elites don't care if you're a Bernie Sanders supporter or Trump supporter. They don't want you challenging their system. And I got to say, unfortunately for them, they're doing a really, really bad job. Bernie Sanders may have capitulated and started endorsing the Democrat, the Democratic establishment. Tulsi Gabbard did the same. Trump supporters aren't going to do it. They're revolting against the GOP. So naturally, The establishment machine is heavily targeting Trump and his supporters. But if Biden was the best they can muster, 2024 is going to get wild because there are populists on the left as well that don't like the Democrats. In fact, it seems like most of them hate the Democrats. And even Jacobin agrees with an article titled, Everyone Hates the Democrats. The reality is, I think everybody hates Republicans, too. And probably many Trump supporters do. What Democrats are doing with trying to strong arm these outlets into getting rid of Fox News. They're trying to nip their enemies at the core, at the root, ripping it out, ripping out all of these ideas so they can't spread. They want a monopoly on political ideology. And the only way to get it is to ban ideas they don't like and can't compete with. Now, are conservatives absolutely right on everything they say? Of course they aren't. Are populist right wingers right all the time? No. But they do have a lot of good ideas and things that are worth protecting. And they're also the last line of defense, for the most part, in protecting Second Amendment rights. Many leftists also agree with Second Amendment rights, but the left has mostly unified with Democrats, so there's no reason for Democrats to go after them. This is also providing Democrats with an abil- with the ability to rally a base. You see, the other is bad. Trump is a fascist. Supporters are bad. Therefore, we will keep fighting the boogeyman. So you must vote for us. Well, progressives are in many ways being duped by the Democratic Party because they're being told that populist right wingers are scarier, the reality is if the right and the left, the populists, actually came together, well, they probably agree on a whole lot more that the establishment doesn't want. Of course, Democrats were in favor of a lot of the stimulus stuff. Republicans were not. But Trump was. You see, the problem is it for the people or for the establishment elites who want to play dirty politics, revolving door policies and just get their buddies jobs and maintain control of the system. It's unfortunate that the left doesn't see it, but the Democrats are going to start with conservatives and then don't be surprised when they start banning the left. It's already happening. YouTube recently banned a ton of progressive YouTube channels. If the progressives don't speak up now, well, then they can forever hold their peace Let's read the story from CNBC, but before we do, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to get access access to exclusive members-only podcast segments. We've got a bonus episode with one of the owners of Phoenix Ammunition talking about whether gun control could lead to armed revolt. Spoiler alert, we don't necessarily think so, but it's worth checking out. And another bonus episode with James O'Keefe. We set up TimCast.com because, listen— They're trying to get Fox News banned from cable TV. How long do you think we're going to last on YouTube? Probably not forever. So becoming a member at TimCast.com allows you to keep listening to our show and my content, even if I do get banned. And we are working to improve the site. So go and check it out. But don't forget to like, share, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Let's get to the news. CNBC says Democrats ask cable and streaming providers about their role in spreading misinformation of the Capitol riot. You see... What they're doing here is they don't necessarily go to these channels and say, you must ban Fox News. They say you allowed misinformation to spread, which triggered, you know, these far right extremists into doing this. What are you going to do about it now? CNN writing that, well, TV providers should not escape scrutiny for distributing disinformation. Yeah, I guess I agree. I wonder when CNN is going to get banned for all of their ridiculous misinformation. But the strategy here is really simple. They claim we are not telling them to ban anyone. We're just saying you better take action or else they make that veiled threat. You know what we are going to say about you. You better do something about it. It's resulting in a bit of a backlash, mind you. But let's read from CNBC. They say reps Anna Eschew, a Democrat, and Jerry McNerney. Also a Democrat, both from California, sent letters to top executives at AT AT&T, Verizon, Roku, Amazon, Apple, Comcast, Charter, Dish, Cox, Altice, Google Parent Alphabet, and Disney-owned Hulu on Monday, urging them to address misinformation on their services. They linked disinformation and conspiracy theories to the radicalization of people who stormed the U.S. Capitol on January 6th as lawmakers moved to affirm Joe Biden's victory. Quote, misinformation on TV has led to our current polluted information environment that radicalizes individuals to commit seditious acts and rejects public health best practices, among other issues in our public discourse, the lawmakers wrote in letters. Eschew and McNerney asked the providers how they determined whether to carry a channel and how they attempted to manage the spread of disinformation and incitement of violence between the 2020 election and January 6 insurrection. Notice CNBC says insurrection definitively. Eshoo and McNerney identified Fox News, Newsmax, and One American News Networks as channels that aired misinformation in the lead up to the riot and that have spread false information about COVID-19. The lawmakers also asked the companies if they plan to continue carrying the channels and why. You see, that's their attempt to get them pulled. My friends, conservatives don't fight back. Why? Well, many of them, unfortunately, have uh, principles. And I'm saying, unfortunately, rather facetiously. What that means is, as a moderate liberal individual myself, the left would never want to accept it because it challenges the cult and Democrat orthodoxy, I believe in free speech. Many conservatives do as well. And on that principle, we don't want CNN banned. We don't want ABC banned or or how about when Brian Williams lied about that helicopter or whatever happened? All they did was move them to MSNBC from NBC News. Oh, yeah, a transfer. We still don't want them banned because we believe in the right to free speech and we think their ideas should be challenged. They're not playing the same game, however. They're going for the throat while we're sparring peace. You know, this is what it is. Moderate liberal types, disaffected liberals, conservatives, all those defending free speech libertarians. We're sparring as though it's a friendly match and we're just going to, you know, fence a little bit until we get a point. They're playing with a real sword, attempting to go for the throat, trying to get the game. They're trying to end and everything. No reasonable debate. No real, no no real politics. They just want to shut down their opponents once and for all. Like I mentioned, CNN literally wrote an article claiming that Fox News and and Newsmax both delivered, you know, uh, to to my home and by company are complicit. New Jersey State Assemblyman Paul Moriarty texted a Comcast executive on Thursday. What are you going to do? Ban our political, ban our political opponents. I assure you it's only going to get worse. This is an attempt to go after the information apparatus. But trust me, they're still going to go after you, individuals, anybody who dare oppose the establishment political machine. When Tucker Carlson called him out, they claimed he was exaggerating and lying. And CNN said, that's not true. We're not trying to do that because they're lying to you. How simple is it? When Democrats literally write to all of these providers saying, why are you still carrying them? Oh, we never told them to get rid of them. No, but we know what you are doing. And they lie. And unfortunately, people believe those lies. Then they come around and claim that me or Tucker Carlson or other people are the ones who are really lying just to confuse and manipulate. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. The easiest way to figure out who's telling the truth. Well, I will tell you this. You need to watch CNN. CNN should not be banned. You need to know what Oliver Darcy and Brian Stelter are saying to understand them. You will come to find, if you have an open mind and watch all news, Brian Stelter and Oliver Darcy are liars. They're manipulators. They publish fake news, and then they claim they're the ones fighting the fake news. Now, if you watch Brian Stelter, you'd see his segment where he said, don't watch Fox News. Anyone who's trying to tell you not to absorb information and make judgments for yourself is manipulating. I will always tell you, watch everyone. I actually got a lot of flack from conservatives because I'm always shouting out progressive YouTubers and they're like, why don't you shut out any conservatives, Tim? OK, so make sure you watch people like Kyle Kalinsky. You can check out Steven Crowder. You can watch libertarian types, people like Sticks, Hexenhammer. You've got to watch everyone. And I'll especially say, don't just watch my channel because I get things wrong. I get them wrong a lot. If you watch everyone and you do a little bit of that digging for yourself You'll come to find the truth is closer to the middle, and you'll probably find the mainstream media lies all the time. I recently had a a, I did a segment on my other channel where Pointer, which is the institute that actually determines who's allowed to be a fact checker on Facebook, for the most part, claimed that I published a tweet that said the election was rigged. I did no such thing. I said that Time magazine said the election was rigged. I'm sorry, not rigged, fortified. I was being snarky and a bit facetious or sarcastic or whatever, they tried claiming it was my post that made the claim. And they were outraged that fact checking actually confirmed I was telling the truth. I was just being a a snarky and referencing this Time Magazine article. But they were shocked and outraged. Uh Oh, independent users who could fact check the article deemed my tweet to be not misleading. And that was bad for their narrative crafting. They are lying. Well, one outlet this is hilarious, who wrote about this. I asked them for a correction and my respect, they corrected the article, showing my tweet and accurately representing it, saying that I was referencing Time magazine and here's what I said, but it essentially negated the entire premise of the article. You see, the only reason the fake news succeeded in it, or the only way the fake news would work in this regard is if I wrote something that was legitimately false and then they were outraged the machine allowed it to be, you know, passed off as true. But what I wrote was true. The establishment media doesn't like the fact that regular people decide for themselves. So I'll tell you my prediction, to be honest. I th- I'm fairly optimistic in this regard. Democrats are trying. It ain't working. Check this out. Disclose.tv says just in, acting legal advisor of the FCC reacts to calls from congressional Democrats to ban Fox News, OAN, and Newsmax. Here's the letter. They wrote today. Two senior Democrats on the House Energy and Commerce Committee targeted the newsroom decisions of a handful of media outlets. They did so by sending letters to 12 cable providers and other companies that carry these outlets. FCC Commissioner Brendan Carr provided the following response, quote, today, two senior Democrats on the House Energy and Commerce Committee selectively targeted a handful of news media outlets for their coverage of political events. By writing letters to the cable providers and other regulated entities that carry these news media outlets, the Democrats are sending a message that that is as clear as it is troubling. These regulated entities will pay a price if the targeted newsrooms do not conform to Democrats' preferred political narratives. This is a chilling transgression of the free speech rights that every media outlet in in this country enjoys. Debate on matters of public interest should be robust, uninhibited, and wide open. More speech is better than less. Yet the concerted effort by Democrats to drive political dissent from the public square represents a marked departure from these First Amendment norms. A newsroom's decision about what stories to cover and how to frame them should be beyond the reach of any government official not targeted by them. To the House Democrats that use their official letterhead to launch this inquiry, I would say this. Your demand to know the moral principles that guide a private entity's decision about what news to carry cannot be reconciled with bedrock principles of free speech and journalistic freedom. I call on my FCC colleagues to join me in publicly denouncing this attempt to stifle political speech and independent news judgment. Let's talk about fake news, my friends. How about it? In a tweet from Jonathan Chait, he said, I've revised upward the odds that Russia starting started uh, that Russia starting manipulating Trump in 1987, but I've also revised downward how much it would matter if it could all be proven. Glenn Greenwell responded, permit me to observe once again that those who spread deranged conspiracy theories most persistently, shamelessly and destructively are not QAnon or 4chan teenagers, but members of the corporate press which want everyone else silenced. He then tweeted this tweet from Chuck Ross said, you revised upwards because of Yuri Shvets? That's even more embarrassing than the original take. Okay, let me give you some context here. Jonathan Chait once claimed on MSNBC that Donald Trump was a Soviet agent or asset. I am not kidding. Not just Russia, the Soviet Union. That means the Soviet Union dissolved in what, like 1990, was it? Ninety-one? I don't know the exact date. Forgive me for not knowing my history. I should know this. But the Soviet Union dissolved. If Trump was an asset of the Russians since 1987, that's the Soviet Union. What is it? What is it? Where's Trump a KGB agent? OK, fine. The argument is that Trump was was groomed by the Soviet agents and intelligence agencies and that he's still loyal to the Russians or they have dirt on him or something. Sure. Jonathan Chait who writes for New York Mag, came out and doubled down, saying it's even more likely. You want to talk about unhinged conspiracies, CNN, The New York Times and all of these outlets, Washington Post, publishing fake news about Russia, that Trump was an asset of Russia, that Trump colluded with Russia. It was insane. And we believed it, not entirely and not everybody. But we were listening intently, saying Well, let's let the investigation play its course. I know I was many Trump supporters saying it was stupid, absurd and conspiratorial. And they turned out to be right. Fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. Now, these same entities are demanding that other outlets be banned. And that's the point I was making earlier. You want to know who's lying to you. It's the ones who are trying to silence their opponents so they can't speak. And the ones who are telling you to listen to everyone, including our political rivals, are the ones being honest. I love that quote from Game of Thrones, where Tyrion Lannister said, when you cut out a man's tongue, you're not proving him wrong. You're only proving you're scared of what he might say. And that's the most important point in all of this. I don't want any of these outlets banned. I don't want Democrats banned. But they want you banned. They don't want you to be able to be proven right, which is why I brought up the pointer story. They had to falsely frame what my tweet was, because the reality is they were losing control of narrative building and they need to control the flow of information. In that Time magazine article I referenced, they claimed that the shadow campaign to fortify the election controlled the flow of information. If people don't know the truth, well, then how can they vote properly? That is antithetical to journalism. And we saw it. Big tech companies banned the story about Hunter Biden, even though it was true. And then after the election, published it all saying, yeah, we know it was true. Now, what we're seeing here is an attempt to go after Trump supporters and populists at the root, but it's not the only thing happening. It's essentially, a, two segments rolled into one. But I did feel that there was a big overlap. Like I mentioned, people like to say they weren't really going after Trump. They're going after you. Trump's in the way. Mm, that's not so much true. They are going after Trump. They're going to continue going after Trump. The Supreme Court is going to allow Donald Trump's let me see if I have it here we go. Supreme Court denies Trump's final bid to block release of financial records. Now, I know this is a bit of a jump, but hear me out. This is important. Trying to get Fox News, OAN, and Newsmax banned is an attempt to stop the ability of Trump to have supporters. If people can go to Fox News or a channel like this one, that's why I shout out timcast.com. If people can come here and learn the truth, or at least an alternate viewpoint, then they might actually become Trump supporters. They need to stop that from happening if they want to maintain control. But the other thing they're trying to do, I think they're going to try and prosecute Donald Trump. Now, I wasn't so bullish on that back during the election and before the election, but I think we're heading heading in that direction now. I'm not convinced it will be at the federal level. It will likely be at the state level. But the Supreme Court certainly does not have Trump's back. The former president's accountants will give the records he has uh, spent years trying to shield to New York prosecutors at the state level. Zealous New Yorkers may very well come after Donald Trump, and they could actually charge and prosecute. This is The reason I think Trump, uh, you know, the, the feds ultimately didn't go after Trump, they did try impeaching him. I think if Joe Biden and the new AG, maybe it'll be Merrick Garland, tried to file charges against Trump, and they still may, but we'll see, it would set horrifying precedent and it would scare a lot of Americans that they were going after a political rival. Although the Democrats probably would enjoy it. A bunch of regular Americans would be like, no, 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 this is wrong. So they went the impeachment route. They tried to impeach Trump, citing the 14th Amendment in an effort to make it so he could not run for president again. They failed. Now, what do we see next? The Supreme Court holds a hearing, denies Trump's bid to block the release of his private financial details, and now prosecutors will have them. And I tell you this, as most people know, there's too many laws and all it takes is an accusation. And it's very difficult to prove your innocence, especially when it comes to financial issues. There was one story where they tried claiming that Trump falsified tax documents by claiming the free capacity of one of his buildings was more than it really was in an effort to not pay as much taxes. What they didn't tell you is that there were different filing requirements and they weren't the same. They weren't the same uh, documents. Basically, what had happened was Trump said that like 90 percent of his building was occupied when he was talking about to a bank. And then he said 96 was occupied when he was talking to the, the federal government, something like that. I don't have the full details. But the general idea is one was a reference to how much money he could possibly make in terms of rental capacity. And the other wasn't it was was a reference to. So not necessarily the same thing, but occupied space. Long story short, telling a bank, we we don't think we can make money because this is being used. So we can't rent it out. Then telling the, the federal government, we're using this in a way that doesn't make money. So it's occupied space. They're just different arguments. The media tries manipulating the narrative because they're going after Trump. Long story short. Well, now we got more bad news. The Supreme Court kills Pennsylvania mail-in voting case and post-election lawsuits. Pennsylvania Republicans, not Trump, had filed claiming that the changes to the election laws were unconstitutional. Supreme Court said it's moot. Election's over, resulting in Justice Thomas being very, very angry. Thomas basically said. Refusing to hear this is inexplicable. If we don't rule on this case before the election and we say afterwards it's moot, then when do we ever explain to people what election rules are? There's a reason why I bring this up. Justice Thomas may be the only principled person on the Supreme Court because what he's saying is is absolutely true. And anybody saying otherwise is lying to you. And that includes every other Supreme Court justice. I mean, think about it. The court needs to hear a case when there's a dispute. If before the election, they say you have no standing because nothing's happened during the election count, they say it's too late. And then afterwards, say it doesn't even matter anymore. When do you get to actually file your court case? Which brings me to to the main point. The establishment was never on Trump's side, and they're certainly not now. They're going to the Supreme Court will allow Trump's private financial details to go to a prosecutor. They're going to find a reason to come after him. They don't have his back. Kavanaugh does not have Trump's back. He was, you know, he was a federal judge under Bush. And Trump just did what McConnell and many Republicans wanted him to do. And then the Republicans just basically stabbed him in the back. It's it's not just about you. They don't like you. They don't like the rabble. They don't want regular people having say, but they really don't like Donald Trump either. All of this is part of the same. I I don't want to say it's 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 necessarily a a, a conspiracy or anything like that. Actually, I'll say the opposite. Standalone complex. That's typically how I describe it. What's happening, in my opinion, is the establishment elites have disdain for regular people. They look down on them as dumb rebel. They view themselves as better men with Donald Trump. They don't like him. They're not going to side with him with you. They're not going to side with you either. Democrats want to target Trump and Trump supporters as a boogeyman to rally their base. They also want to make sure there can't be new Trump supporters. Eventually, then the whole Overton window will shift super far to the left. And the Democrats today, like Pelosi, will become the conservatives of tomorrow. Right now, progressives and many far leftists literally refer to Pelosi as far right or right wing. They say Joe Biden is a Republican. That's how they view things. That's what the establishment would prefer, I suppose. And don't get me wrong. I think ultimately they'll cut off the progressives as well. But that's that's where things are kind of drifting. In the end, we have the story from The Hill. Almost half of Republicans would join Trump party, according to a poll. The Republican Party may be falling apart completely. Because people support Trump, not the GOP. The GOP is awful. What are they really doing? NBC News says the GOP is rapidly becoming the blue collar party. Here's what that means. What it means is they're not going to line up behind people like Mitch McConnell, who will sell them out to international interests and not defend the working class. It means that union labor is going to start questioning what the Democrats have to offer. And then Donald Trump will step in and claim total control of the GOP. This from the from Axios. That's what they say. Trump to claim total control of GOP. A longtime advisor called Trump's speech a show of force and said that message will be. I may not have Twitter or the Oval Office, but I'm still in charge. Payback is his chief obsession. They say in his first post-presidential appearance, Trump plans to send the message next weekend that he is Republicans' presumptive 2024 nominee with a vice grip on the party's base, top Trump allies tell Axios. Let's bring this whole segment together to help to help, they, they seem different, right? Talking about Thomas and SCOTUS. And oh, let me wrap it all up. A couple of years ago, Alex Jones got banned. Yiannopoulos, Paul Joseph Watson got, Watson got banned. Laura Loomer got banned. Many on the right who are some of the most vocal and prominent and powerful Trump supporters were eliminated from social media. This is a violation, of course, of their free speech on principle. And the left said, but my private business since then, they've continued to do it without this exuberant and vocal support. Trump, well, he probably lost out quite a bit. Like I mentioned, many people didn't know about Hunter Biden because Twitter suppressed it. Reddit also banned the the hub for Trump support, the Donald. The Donald was one of the most prolific progenitors of memes, according to MIT uh, a Tech Review. They banned them. Four months before this ban, the Donald created the Donald.win, which is now called Patriots.win. That's the website. Yet four months after they left and had almost no posts, Reddit said, oh, but they're breaking the rules. So we have to ban them now. But they weren't posting anything. You will not convince me That people who abandoned a forum were breaking the rules four months after they abandoned it, and then you had to ban them. No, I'm sorry. The CEO of Reddit said they could swing an election. Then he bans one of the presidential candidates' biggest platforms, his biggest support bases. Again, I think all of these individuals are acting in such a way because they hate Donald Trump. Severing the lines of communication has always been the point. But they're not just trying to do that. They're trying to do everything in their power to stop Trump from ever running or winning again. That means they may have banned prominent, high profile Trump supporters, but it wasn't enough. They now have to get rid of Tucker Carlson, Newsmax, OAN, eventually channels like mine. We're all on the chopping block and the purge is happening. Don't get me wrong. They'll come after progressives, too. But right now, the bigger threat is Trump running again. So long as Trump exists, they can convince and trick left populists into supporting Joe Biden. And it worked. Look at all those people eating it up. And now Joe Biden's going back on like everything he said, basically. okay, not everything. He's definitely pushing some things that progressives are happy about. So there you go. The progressives preferred Biden over Trump. But now Biden's going to do everything in his power and the Democratic establishment and the media to go after the left as well. You'll get crony shill leftists. The next thing they did was impeachment. Impeachment didn't work. Now they're going to try criminal prosecution. And the Supreme Court is not protecting Donald Trump. Well, maybe Trump doesn't deserve the protecting, but Trump fully intends to stay in control of the GOP. And it seems like he's going to run again in 2024. He said he would before. It seems like he will now. Everything the Democrats will be doing and their allies in media and their faux progressive allies will be to shut down any ability for the right to organize. These people just simply won't disappear, though. Trump supporters, conservatives and people on the right won't simply cease to exist without the lines of communication. They'll start making their own parlor, for instance. Take a look at what happened with parlor. They nuked that platform as well. I'm actually fairly optimistic because I think the establishment is failing. The best they could muster was Joe Biden, and he's struggling. They have no unified message. What they're doing is not working. Censorship is backfiring. And trying to ban cable channels is just way too extreme for anybody. It's not going to work. I don't think so. Now, there are bigger issues with Antifa and, you know, the far left for sure. But maybe this is just once the Democratic establishment is gone, once they truly lose control, there will have to be some kind of, I don't know, correction, as it were. Where people start to have real conversations again and figure out that as long as we, you know, fight for the things that we agree upon, we'll probably be okay. And you do your thing, we'll do ours. Or maybe we'll lead to absolute chaos. I'm not entirely sure. Maybe the establishment elite is trying to prevent the chaos, but I'm sorry. I just don't believe that. They might argue they're the good guys fighting against global catastrophe and evil Trumpism in the far right. Sorry. Not buying it. They recently came out and said Muppets were racist or something. Not y'all are nuts. You're pushing a cult, a cult ideology of extremist dogma that results in violence and hatred, divide and conquer. I want unity. I want to I want to break bread and talk, talk business with some leftists and with people of all different backgrounds. Leftist identitarianism of the democratic establishment is making things worse. So, of course, they'll come after those who push against it. And we'll see how that plays out so far. It doesn't seem to be going their way, but I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. tonight, live at youtube.com slash timcast Make sure to check out the show because we take your comments in the super chats and we read them and we answer questions. Again, thanks for hanging out and we will see you all tonight at 8 p.m. youtube.com slash timcast Rep. Thomas Massey tweeted two years to flatten the curve now. I'm sorry, but one of Trump's biggest mistakes was giving this joker a platform to steer policy instead of firing him on the spot. Now, I can already tell you what the tribalists are going to say. How dare you criticize Fauci? How dare you? Fauci's been wrong a lot. He's the guy who came out and said not to wear masks early on. Now they're saying to wear two masks. He's the guy who came out and said to wear two masks is common sense. Then backtracked and said, well, there's no data on this. That's not necessarily true. And then backtracked again and said, wear two masks. Then all of a sudden the CDC said, wear two masks. It's hard to know exactly what we should or shouldn't be doing. Because they keep changing what we should or shouldn't be doing. We have a vaccine. The vaccine is being spread out. They're ramping up delivery. And then other people like Fauci are coming out and saying it doesn't matter. Okay, so which is it? Is the vaccine our path to salvation or does it not matter? And we're locking down anyway. I tell you this, my friends, the media doesn't want to let this go. The establishment doesn't want to let this go. It's a very difficult position to be in. You must understand. I mean, you've got half a million people who have died and that gives the government power. Fear gives them power. Terrified people. You've seen the stories of people on the street walking or you've read the stories, maybe heard them. And then like someone will like jump away from the other person, terrified that they might get COVID. Yes, COVID seems to be really bad. There's a lot of there's a lot of weird things about it that have been brought up by people like, well, Brett Weinstein and Heather Hine, for instance, referencing the way that COVID can attack basically every cell in the body. I'm not a pathologist or a microbiologist or uh, you know a dermatologist. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think that one's a word, mind you. So I, I don't know. I, I do just try to figure out what do I need to do to be safe. And I know many of you are probably feeling this frustration as well, which leads to a lot of people who refuse to wear, refuse to wear masks. Now I I, I recently went to the mall, and they had this mask vending machine, and it is like the best mask ever. Seriously, it's like not even wearing a mask. It's great. I don't care about wearing a mask. I don't. However, I understand some people are working eight hours a day and they have to wear it and it is uncomfortable. My advice to all of you guys, for real, upgrade your masks. No joke. I mean, I hear a lot of people saying it's hard to breathe in these things. And I'm like, maybe you need a different mask. Because I got like, like I just mentioned, I went to this mall and it's like, just like the best mask ever. It's like, like I said, not, not wearing one. But anyway, I, I, I digress, okay? I think it's fair to, to, to understand at the very least why people aren't are just kind of giving up on all of this, why they're not wearing masks anymore, why they're refusing to participate, because no matter what happens, they keep saying it will be worse. The tweet Thomas Massey is referencing is from CNN. Dr. Fauci says it's possible. Americans will need to wear masks in 2022, even as the U.S. may reach a significant degree of normality by year's end. Washington Post says new case numbers drop to levels not seen since the fall as US death toll nears 500,000, you see what they do here. They say after hitting almost unimaginable highs of hundreds of thousands of new cases a day over the winter, asymptomatic mind you, and many of those people were not hospitalized and didn't die, most of them. The coronavirus infection rate in the US has plummeted. The level's not seen since the fall, with a 7-day rolling average under 65,000. However, the good news possibly, however, the good news possibly due to rising vaccinations, seasonal virus patterns or increased adherence or to restrictions pales in comparison to the grim toll of the pandemic that will hit 500,000 deaths on Monday. You see what they're doing? Things are getting better, my friends. The vaccine seems to be working. They seem to be quite, I don't know. Well, they want to, I don't know what the right word is, but even though it seems to be working, they keep saying, no, 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 no. Keep wearing your masks. You can't go out. You can't go to the store. It's because, in my opinion, I don't think they thought it was possible. And I don't think they wanted to give up the power. And then Donald Trump kind of rammed through this vaccine. Seems to be working. It's really that simple, isn't it? Vaccine was accomplished by numerous different companies. They're like, okay, we have the vaccine. Okay, you should get it. Okay, Uh, but still keep acting as though you don't. Why? Why is the Washington Post telling us that new case numbers are dropping and then make sure everybody knows? Oh, but look how many people are dead? Half a million people. I mean, that's horrifying that have half a million people have died. Don't get me wrong. But where's the optimism? So the media is built on fear. I go to some some forums, man, and it's just anger and fear all day, every day. Don't get me wrong. That's probably a decent amount of my stuff, too, to be real, like anger towards the media. It's kind of a shame that this is what drives everything. And I don't I maybe it's just what humans want or maybe humans, maybe the whole idea. No, that's not fair. Look. They, they, they say the, the cases are down, but 500,000 dead. I see what they're trying to do. They want a shock title. OK, at least what I try to do is I might be angry at the media and the manipulation and politics, but just ramming in that number. Oh, whatever. I'm not going to pretend to be innocent on this one. I think it's a problem of 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 everybody, to be completely honest. To be fair, I do bring that up quite a bit, and maybe it's not enough. Maybe this is just the new reality we live in. So long as the media only functions off of fear, this is what we will get. Possible Americans will be wearing masks in 2022 to protect against COVID-19. CNN reports. Fauci uh, asked by CNN's Dana Bash on the State of the Union whether Fauci thinks Americans will still need to wear masks next year. Fauci replied, you know, I think it's possible that that's the case. And again, it really depends on what you mean by normality. Oh, you see, there they go. The comments from Fauci come as the U.S. uh, COVID-19 death toll approaches half a million and the uh, country nears a full year in its fight against the virus. Fifteen days to slow the spread. I'm sorry. Two years to slow the spread. And though the U.S. is now steadily rolling out vaccines to fight the pandemic, the nation's top infectious disease expert underscored the importance of mitigation measures to fight the aggressive virus and its emerging variants as many Americans express pandemic fatigue. Fauci told Bash. That while he can't predict when the U.S. might return to operating as it did before the pandemic uh, took hold, he thinks that by the end of this year, we're going to have a significant degree of normality beyond the terrible burden that all of us have been through over the last year. As we get into the fall and the winter, by the end of that year, I agree with Joe Biden completely that we'll be approaching a degree of normality. No, we won't be approaching a degree of normality. Normality is gone. You look at the business model for, well, you look at the destroyed businesses. They ain't coming back. There's no normal. You're not going to go back to the to the boardwalk and go to your the business you love to grab snacks at because they don't exist anymore. You take a look at Amazon Prime and HBO Max, who adapted their business models when theaters shut down, now putting out brand new films at home. COVID, of course, being the excuse, the only way to keep operating. They're not going to abandon these services they invested millions into. There's not going to be a normal, but I'll tell you. One of the biggest problems and challenges for someone like Dr. Fauci, and I'll give him some credit here. I hear a lot of people say things like, if masks work, then why don't they work? And it's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, hold on. There is some data where we have some controls, where we say this place didn't wear a mask, this place did. And we can't really find hard correlation. The problem is. You can't find hard correlation. That's just it. I mean, look, some of these places have different temperatures, different weather, and a lot of people are saying, if the lockdowns work, then why didn't they work? And it's like, maybe they did. That's the problem. Take a look at Sweden. Everyone was bringing up Sweden because they didn't lockdown and they didn't have the same spike. And they say, aha, therefore, the lockdowns didn't work. I think it's fair to say in many ways the lockdowns did not work because putting people inside buildings... Just concentrated the spread. It seems like it may have backfired, but we don't know for sure. And the issue is the alternative may have been worse if people were at concerts, if people were at, you know, big movie theaters. We don't know. Imagine what would have happened if Trump said no lockdowns and issued some, you know, executive order and you can't do this or whatever or something. I don't know. Had the feds come in to protect individual rights. And then let's say everyone went to the movie theaters like normal and then spread was crazy and we had a million deaths or or a million infected more. Well, they would blame Trump for that. They still blame him for what we have right now. Ultimately, the problem is there is no metric by which to compare this pandemic. And that's good and bad for Trump at the same time. It's good and bad for Fauci. So you have these people who are like Democrats who are overly and insanely cautious. They're operating under the pretext that everything would have been a 100 times worse unless we did what we did. I think there's reason to believe that is not true. And I think they may have actually made it worse. But I'm not a scientist. So what, what what does my opinion matter? Now, Dr. Fauci has been wrong over and over again. Here he is saying this again, and I have to look back and say, listen, Dr. Fauci has been right. He's been wrong. I almost wonder if it's like a coin tosses chance that he's going to get it right. But it seems to me that Fauci just follows the media. No joke. That's always been the case. I'll see something in the news where it's like, you know, maybe you should wear masks. And Then two days later, Fauci's like, you know, I think people should wear masks. And I'm like, did you just read the Washington Post two days ago and change your opinion? Because two days before that, you were saying not to wear a mask. I think Fauci mostly is just following the media and trying to say what I guess is socially acceptable because the truth is, and I mean no disrespect, we just don't know. That's the reality. We don't know. I'll tell you one thing I do know. The government, people in government, people with power need excuses to maintain that power. They want excuses to maintain that power. And I got to tell you, people are scared of COVID. And so it grants them that power. So long as this threat exists... They're going to keep being able to control everything you do. I think a decent amount uh, we saw early on in the, in the pandemic with the lockdowns, the New York Times wrote an article saying the earth is healing. Come on. You think all of these people have been holding these, these you know, multi-million dollar meetings on climate change? Don't see that? Of course they do. And so not that it's a grand conspiracy or anything. As some people might think so. We do know the Great Reset is a real thing that the World Economic Forum has pushed, proposed and heavily advocates for and encourages, etc. Like just they really want it. But they flat out said COVID-19 is our opportunity for a great reset. I said something that a lot of people got mad about. I said, it ain't all bad. The authoritarianism is bad. The manipulation, the lies and the deception is bad. But I tell you this, I'm not a fan of people living in these concrete cubicles in New York City using an extreme amount of resources to live in the capital, like, you know, figurative capital, like from the Hunger Games, and then complain about everybody else who lives in the country. So, look, I put it this way. The Great Reset, this idea that people shouldn't own things and that you'll be happy or whatever in the future and that we need to change global capitalism, it's not completely wrong. What's wrong is the manipulation, the authoritarianism and the deception What's right is that too many people are gluttonous, lazy slobs who don't do work, who won't go out and cut their own wood to heat their own fireplace, who, when, you know, the power goes out, they blame the government for their power going out. Dude, if your power goes out, do you have backup food, water and a generator? You don't. Why not now? Some people might not have the ability to get those things that I can understand. In that regard, it is still a challenge of life and relying and demanding of the government. I don't believe is appropriate. I do believe it's appropriate for people to pool their resources together to make sure that those who lose power, water and food are being taken care of by the community. I may not know you, but I don't want you starving or freezing to death or dying of dehydration. So I will pitch in to make sure you have those things. But what we get is entitlement and rage. Towards the government that was unable to provide. The system broke. Then what? Whose fault is it? Listen, I am of the opinion that everything is always your fault. No joke. That's how I was raised. And that's how I grew up. So when I was younger, I remember we used to, we used to live by the tra- Well, on the south side of Chicago, you got trains. And, you know, I'd be going, I was going to school and a train came. And train took a half an hour. No joke. These train like it took like a half an hour. These trains are massive. And so I was late. And when I told my dad, you know, I was late, he, he said, well, it's your fault. And I said, no, it wasn't it was a train. I couldn't do anything about it. And he goes, you know, the tracks are there. You should have left early. And I was like, oh, I get it. It's not always completely your fault, but you can take actions to mitigate the damage. So when we look at everything that's going on with, you know, the great reset or whatever, I think too many people have absolved themselves of any responsibility for their own lives. So again, while I think the authoritarianism is disgusting, while I think the lies, the deception, the manipulation are bad, I don't agree with any of it. I do agree that people need a cold splash of water in the face to wake up to the reality that they need to be responsible for themselves. And if your power goes out, you say, well, we lost power. Let's figure this out. Because in the immediate, in order to survive, we must rely on ourselves. They don't do that anymore. So again... I, I am of the opinion that we must get to that point through rational, reasonable conversation and encouraging people to roll up their sleeves, do a little bit of hard work because it's fun. It's fulfilling. If you're bored with life, if you're depressed, trust me, man, tending to some chickens and chopping some wood is a whole lot of fun. Now I got the rural people being like, stop, stop. You're going to send city folk our way. Well, maybe, but I'll tell you, they're coming no matter what. And if they're not prepared for reality, it's going to be a whole lot worse for the people in the country. Check this out. From Vox.com, still going to the grocery store with new virus variants spreading? It's probably time to stop. Health experts say you should avoid optional trips whenever you can. You probably need a better mask, too. OK, what do you think is going to happen? This is from January 15th. What do you think happens? All my friends who live out in the middle of nowhere. I live out in the middle of nowhere. I can walk outside. It's snowing. There's mountains. I can walk outside with no mask on. I can walk around a great distance and you don't need a mask because hey, nobody here nobody to care. Although I did see people in the middle of the forest wearing masks, which I thought was weird. Hey, but to each their own. It ain't me. You do your thing. When I go to the store, I got no problem wearing a mask. What do you think is going to happen when these cities run out of food? Texas is running out of food. No joke, the state of Texas running out of food. Stores stripped clean. Now there's a really funny meme going around because this happens every time. There's grocery stores in Texas with no food, except all the vegan stuff is still there. Oh, it's so brutal because Bill Gates is talking about synthetic beef and how we're going to need to, you know, shift away from meat. He's not entirely wrong. I know a lot of people don't want to hear it, but meat production is extremely resource intensive. We got a lot of people to feed, but people don't want to eat that stuff. So what do you do? There is a conundrum. You know, I asked Alex Alex Jones about this. I said, what if the Great Reset people are right? What if we really are eating our way into our own destruction like yeast in in, in a bottle, farting ourselves to death? And Alex said, it's a good point. And I think about it every day. But the but is the best part. Now, this is this is my opinion. These people who are advocating this stuff are lying. So how do we trust them? We can't. Because while they're telling us we have to sacrifice and do all these things, they're flying around in private jets. They're buying mansions on the beach. Now, the buying the mansions on the beach thing is the weirdest thing to me, because they're the ones saying that there's going to be the water levels rising. And there's nothing we can do about it. Greenland is melting, and that ice is, is not displacing water. It's on, the, on land. So when it melts, it's going to change the, the salinity levels in the ocean. It's going to change the currents. It's going to cause extreme weather events. Water levels will rise, they say. Well then, why are y'all buying beachfront property or like river or, or, or like yeah like even riverfront property or or you know oceanfront property? Why are you doing that? That that to me, you know, actions speak louder than words. And at the very least, if these people think, well, I'll be dead in thirty years and it won't affect me, so they don't care about what their investment's going to be worth in thirty years. You're not setting good examples for people. So that's 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 what gets me. Can we actually trust these people? They're telling us now we shouldn't go to the grocery store because there's new virus variants. It's not going to stop. The vaccine was accomplished under Trump. And I think that, you know, they were naysayers. They were saying they didn't trust it. You had Mark Zuckerberg. This is released by Project Veritas, making ridiculous comments about the virus back in July because they did not want Trump to be right. I'm not saying that they're against vaccines. It's quite the opposite. They love vaccines. I think vaccines are fantastic as well. I think vaccines are actually amazing technology. I actually think mRNA vaccines are are just remarkable and incredible technology. I mean, this stuff sounds amazing. However, these people, even with these vaccines, are still telling us it's not good enough. And I wonder if it's because they just can't accept that Trump was right about something. Everything Trump did was wrong. They're still talking about the guy. Shut up. They can't. There's a really funny tweet I saw. They said Trump was mentioned on like, you know, CNN's website 25 times with Biden only 14. Trump's not even president. It's over. Now they want to do this commission into Trump supporters. Oh, geez, it's never going to end, is it? Here's my prediction. It's not so much uh, that there's a grand conspiracy. There is a desire for power, I think. So you have individuals acting as more. It's it's, it's a standalone complex. And I love this phrase. A bunch of people doing similar things that gives the appearance of people acting in concert. If everybody stood up at the same time and all yelled the same thing, you'd think they planned it, but doesn't necessarily mean it's true. What I think we have is tons of people in government who see the opportunity for control and exploitation who are like, hey, so long as we're going along with this, let's go along with this. And it's only going to get worse. Nobody is going to be the one to let up and say, let's start taking risks again. Even with a vaccine, they are saying it's time to stop going to the grocery store what's safe after COVID-19 vaccine? Don't shed those masks yet. Well, then what was the point of the vaccine? So you don't get symptoms, I guess. That's what they're saying. But some people are getting are, are getting symptoms. Some people are getting fatigue, you know, from the second dose. There have been reports, and I'm really upset about this, mind you. I do not like the media, claiming that people have gotten the vaccine and died. And I think that's the most frustrating thing ever. Because Correlation and causation. I brought it up in the beginning. I'll bring it up now. Just because there's like one story. It was like a, ma- a doctor got the vaccine. Two weeks later, he was dead. And I was like, okay, <laughs> two weeks later, dude. That's kind of a long time. What happened? And it was like he had a heart attack or something. I think the media needs the, the the fear. They need they need it. They need COVID to be the worst. And they and they're they're getting away with with saying the same thing about the vaccine as well. You got to. Th- here's what I think about. <clears throat> I'm, I, I am, I love vaccines. I went, uh, traveled the world. and I mentioned this. And they gave me a ton of vaccines and I'm great. And I was, I didn't get sick. It's awesome. It's amazing technology. I go to the doctor. I got no idea what the medicine they give me is. I once went to the emergency room. I had, you know, uh, I had an issue back in, in September of 2014. And they're were like, we're going to give you a whole bunch of drugs. And I got, I got no idea what those things are, but pump me full of them, doc, because it hurts. And now I, then I felt great. And they, and they helped me out and they gave me some medicine. It's the same thing when it comes to vaccines. As far as I'm concerned, I, I don't know what it is, but I trust the doctors. It's the best thing I can do, hoping that these people are going to are going to save me. The media needs fear, so they're demonizing modern medicine. They're 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 they're, they're the ones spreading this fear with all these stories. And it's frustrating to me. I'm not saying the vaccine's perfect. I'm not saying any vaccine is perfect. Medicines have side effects. I had a doctor prescribe me a medicine, you know, a year or two ago that had like serious side effects. And I was like, do I need to take this? And they were like, no, actually you don't. I was like, then why'd you give it to me? So listen, not every doctor is right. Fauci isn't always right. The media is typically wrong. I mean, in many capacities. Wow, are they just awful. But you know, nobody wants to give up driving the fear into people and that's that's a sad reality maybe that's true for for me same as anybody else you know i talk about democrats i did a segment last week talking about this these leftists saying they wanted to basically execute trump supporters that if it was any other country they drone bomb them and it's scary stuff maybe nobody will give it up maybe everybody thinks they're justified and maybe we are going to be jump scaring ourselves off of a cliff i don't know man I'm not, I'm not a psychic. I'm some dude reading news and giving his opinions on the internet, which is really funny because I just love how these lefty tribalist people, these grifters, really come after me as though I'm like some prominent Joe Rogan type or something like that. Dude, I'm sitting in a room reading articles and then talking about my feelings. I, like, maybe Joe is just a guy as well, but he's like an internationally re- renowned, most famous podcaster and comedian in the world. I'm nowhere near that. Why does anybody care what I think? My my milquetoast tepid opinions. But by all means, I guess some people like listening, so I really appreciate it. Stick around. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel, and I will see you all then. Coca-Cola is facing a major backlash after photos emerged where they were apparently telling their employees to be less white. As Newsweek put it, Coca-Cola facing backlash says be less white learning plan was about workplace inclusion and it's illegal. OK, you know, listen, if they make racial stereotypes in your diversity training, that's illegal. There's a civil rights act. I believe it's under Title seven. They can't discriminate on the basis of race. So when they're giving you the diversity training, basically everything they say could be in violation of civil rights law. I was having a conversation about this. I did mention this in a segment a couple days ago or last week. If I was watching a diversity training video and they started talking about stereotypes about certain races, what happens if I take offense to it and complain and say, you just showed this video mocking and deriding all of these different people in this instance, They're doing that and they're doing it towards white people saying to be less white, clearly in violation of the law. But typically when we see things like this, nothing ends up happening because, well, it's acceptable. It is. I was watching Ghost. You guys have have you seen you've seen Ghost with Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore. I was watching it this weekend just because I'm like chilling and, you know, put on a movie. It was like Amazon recommended it, I guess. I was watching. I watch a lot of horror movies and I guess they decided that was a movie I should watch. Anyway, I started watching it, and Whoopi Goldberg's character routinely says, oh, you're white and you're white and things like that, to Patrick Swayze's character. Growing up, it has typically been acceptable in media to say you're white in a derisive way or to use racial slurs targeting white people. From this, and not necessarily from it, but this contributes, there's the ideology that you can't be racist towards white people. For me, I think that's absurd. Why? Well, as most of you know, I come from a mixed background. It comes up quite a bit, became a meme for a little bit. But this is a really important point in my view of the world and my politics. When people would insult and stereotype my dad or my dad's side of the family, it didn't quite make sense because it was causing damage to a marginalized family, right? These leftists claim that they want this rainbow utopia of a future, but do everything in their power to harm people uh, based on their race. Now, this is resulting in a really, really strange follow up story I've got for uh, outside of this, that a bunch of people in New York were marching against white nationalism because Asians are being beaten. The only problem is that many of these Asians who are being beaten are being beaten by black people. It's not a problem of white nationalism. It's a problem of racism. But I suppose these individuals who are saying things like be less white actually are white supremacists or neo racist. And the reason why I say they're white supremacists is they view white as, and look, they've told me this, above, more privileged, more powerful, in control. I don't. I've never viewed it that way. So to me, it was shockingly white supremacist. And I got to tell you, you could take quotes from these people. And put it alongside quotes like the anti-racist, like woke people and white supremacists. And you'll get almost the same quote. Take a look at Ryan Long's comedy bit on this that went extremely viral, where it's, it's a it's a comedy bit. You have a woke guy and a racist guy, and they agree on a ton of things. So they're dating, and it's kind of, that's, that's the joke. Well, here's the story from Newsweek about Coca-Cola. They say, Coke, facing mounting backlash from conservatives online, has responded to allegations of anti-white rhetoric after an internal whistleblower leaked screenshots of diversity training materials that encourages staff to, quote, try to be less white. Can I just point out the sheer insanity of saying they're facing a backlash from conservatives? You mean not a one liberal is saying anything about this? Not not a single leftist? Come on. There are a ton of anti-woke leftists. And by a ton, I mean there's many of them. They're not the dominant faction on the left. The neo-lib, neo-racist, whatever you want to call it, they're absolutely in love with their racist ideology. But there are dirtbag leftists who hate wokeness, and I wish they weren't such dirtbags because we'd probably get along and actually enact some policies. I made a funny point earlier when I said on Twitter I actually like Jacobin magazine. Yeah. And a bunch of people were like, whoa, but they're so bad. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of things I disagree with coming from Jacobin. And there's a bunch of things I disagree with coming from, I don't know, the Federalist. But if they write something that I agree with, I'll give praise to it. And that's important. Here's here's a point I want to make. From Jacobin Magazine, everyone hates the Democrats. Yes. Yes. Does that make me right wing because I hate the Democrats? So no. Newsweek, it's not just conservatives, but you see how they're doing this. The establishment media wants to frame anyone who opposes them as far right or right wing. And I'm sure most of you already know this. No, this is stupid. That's what it is. They say on Friday, Carlin Borisenko, an activist who supports banning critical race theory, shared images from an internal whistleblower of the company's online racism training. That includes the slides included tips to learners on how to be less white, less arrogant, less certain, less defensive, less ignorant, and more humble. In the U.S. and other Western nations, white people are socialized to feel that they are inherently superior because they are white. Research shows that by age three to four, children understand that it is better to be white. That wasn't a reality in my neighborhood growing up. But maybe I just come from this progressive utopia, the south side of Chicago, with all these different families of different races and backgrounds all mixing together. Isn't that what they're supposed to want? Then why demonize people based on race and why subject people to this kind of stuff? They say a Coca-Cola spokesperson confirmed the course is, quote, part of a learning plan to help build an inclusive workplace. But also noted that the video circulating on social media is from a publicly available LinkedIn learning series, and is not a focus of our company's curriculum. Sue them. Sue them. Listen, most of you probably know I come from a part uh, part Asian background. And if I was watching a video and they said something like Asians are typically known to do these things, but these are stereotypes, I'll get offended no matter what it is. How dare you? If you come to me and you say that is a stereotype that Asians are good at math, well, I'll get offended. You mean all the hard work my family put in to be good at math because they did? Because uh, this is true. I was homeschooled before I started formal education by my mom so I could be better at math. That's a stereotype. So if someone comes to me and asks for help with a math problem, that's offensive. How dare you? That's racist. The, the, the point I'm making here is not that I actually care about these diversity things. I I do. I think there I think many of them are really dumb. I like the idea of telling people not to be a dick and don't be racist. But these these videos, these training courses they do typically reinforce racism. And there's been studies showing that that doing these diversity trainings actually just makes things worse. All of a sudden, now you're tippy toeing around your coworkers. You're treating them differently and you're focusing on the color of their skin instead of the person you knew. A guy comes in, his name is Juan Rodriguez or something, and you've known him for five years, you worked with him, and you know him as a regular good old American who likes watching football with you and going to the bar, and then one day they make you watch this video about Latino families or whatever, and now you're supposed to be like, oh, I better not say that because I can make him angry. Dude, treat him like a regular person. The problem is there are too many people who want to exploit critical race theory because, well, it's power. And that's the point I was making about watching the movie Ghost, right? When I when I look back. At these old, you know, 90s things where people would be mocked for being white, it was because there was an inherent understanding that, you know, white people were typically privileged as it were. But that doesn't justify the extreme don't be white anti-whiteness or whatever, whatever it is they're calling down with whiteness. They say things like that. That's going too far. People have figured they could exploit this for power. And they are. Newsweek goes on to say, quote, Our Better Together Global Learning Curriculum is part of a learning plan to help build an inclusive workplace by deriding people based on their race or the color of their skin. Sorry, uh uh-uh. It is comprised of a number of short vignettes, each a few minutes long. The training includes access to LinkedIn learning on a variety of topics, including on diversity, equity, and inclusion. No, I'm sorry, it's diversity, inclusion, and equity, D-I-E. The company was referring to a YouTube video shared online by Borisenko, during which he discusses and displays screenshots from the LinkedIn training course by American bestseller Robin D'Angelo. I love how they really want to complement this stuff. Anti-racism training has become a divisive topic in America. In response to the police killings of George Floyd, liberals and progressives ramped up efforts to address systemic racism and view such training as necessary. Proponents of critical race theory have called for white people to acknowledge the advantages of being white for a more equitable society. And that's probably why they don't like Asians all that much, to be completely honest, because uh, most of you are probably familiar in terms of like median salary. Asians make way more than white people. They say, on the other hand, some conservatives deny the impact of widespread institutional racism. Okay, well, let's settle this once and for all. Institutional racism is a real thing. Systemic racism is a real thing. I've long complained about them and given long explanations for what they are, how it works. The idea of white privilege, however, is a scapegoat. The reality is you have two things. You have general inherited wealth privilege and you have majoritarian privilege because white privilege doesn't make sense in countries like China or in Africa, for instance. That being said, we do have historical racism, which has resulted in systems Inherently, have some of those ra- racist components, not as like an individual screaming at someone something racist, but that there's just still remnants of racism affecting our society in terms of wealth. That's why the solution is not these racial, weird, insulting, neo racist, whatever. It's class based. Because when you look at a poor person and they're white, Latino, black, or Asian, you don't solve the problem by saying, you two, the Asians and the white people, are privileged, so you get nothing. Well, that doesn't solve the problem of poverty for these people. Times are very different. And I know this firsthand because my family went through these things. So I certainly recognize that there are problems with historical racism, which then translates into institutions and through various systems. An example is very simply redlining and blockbusting. Redlining and blockbusting, while they were formally ended a long time ago, I think they still went on well into the 80s and they still exist informally today. If you're not familiar Blockbusting is where they move minority families into a neighborhood and then scare people, white people, into thinking their property value will go down. And then once the, once the people sell in a panic at a loss, the real estate companies would buy up the property and then sell it at a premium. It was disgusting. That still has an impact today. These things still exist. I know a progressive, I, I know this like super progressive Latina woman. And I asked her because her family was super wealthy. If a black family moved next to her property, what would she do? And she told me she would sell. And I said, That's racist. And she said, Yeah, but it's because the market is racist and I'll lose money. I'm like, You see, that is the idea driving this. Anyway, I digress. I'm not here to get into this whole social justice, institutional racism thing. I'm here to point out it's not just conservatives who are sick and tired of this complete garbage. Okay? Because I am not a conservative. I actually just went off on a rant about social justice. How about that? And I praised Jacobin. Shouldn't that be enough? No, it's not enough. Because as long as I call out their critical race theory garbage, then they claim that must mean I must be a conservative because only conservatives call this out. Great. Ultimately, what I really think, they want me to be a conservative. They want to tell everyone I'm a conservative. Why? Because I just talked about institutional racism. They want to spin the wheel. They want Tucker Carlson, who's moderate, to be far right. A white nationalist, far right, whatever. They want me, who's pretty center left, socially liberal, to be right wing. That's why they call me right wing or conservative, because they want to rotate that wheel. They want to shift the Overton window further and further left while telling you it's shifting right. That's the craziest lie I've ever heard. The Overton window is shifting so far to the right. Well, I'll be completely honest. In some ways, that's true. Seeing Democrats praise but my private business certainly is hilarious. Private companies should be allowed to censor everybody. And I'll use it as an an opportunity to shout out Jacobin once again. When they wrote this article, care about free speech? Take on the power of Facebook and Twitter. It is incredibly important to protect free speech and by extension, the Internet as a space to cultivate and share ideas and viewpoints that may fall outside the mainstream. That means curbing the power of billionaires like Mark Zuckerberg. Yes. I completely agree with that. I've always agreed with that. So again, Jacobin's got some pretty trash articles for sure, but I'll give him praise where praise is due. The reality is I'm pretty much centrist. Conservatives have a lot of really good and important ideas. Gun control is stupid, and I think the populists on the left and the right are in favor of owning guns. I think most of us in terms of it's interesting. The far left, libertarians, and caps probably have more in common on a libertarian spectrum than they would with any of the establishment politicians. While they agree the billionaires are manipulating the system and rigging it for their own benefit, they believe that, you know, that's, that's the strong gist of it. They believe in owning guns and, and, and things like that. They disagree on the solutions. This is what really bothers me about the political compass memes, where they show the, the left libertarian as being woke. I'm like, no, wokeness is authoritarian left. Libertarian left are hippies, probably believe in a lot of this stuff, but are just super chill and not authoritarian. Lib left are hippies on a farm sharing their watermelon and sleeping in hammocks and being like, we should have a, a, you know, autonomous collective where we rotate to make executive decisions that are ratified by a two thirds majority. Yeah. Authoritarian left is like bend to the cult or else. And that's why the Democrats love it so much. That's why major corporations love it so much. It is not libertarian left to tell people to be less white. That's authoritarian cult-like dogma. They want to say, many took to Twitter to criticize. Conservative commentator Candace Owens railed against Coke, saying, if a corporate company sent around a training kit instructing black people how to be less black, the world would implode and lawsuits would follow. I genuinely hope these employees sue Coca-Cola for blatant racism and discrimination, and I, and I, I do as well. It is absolutely a violation of the Civil Rights Act. Joshua Foxworth, who ran for the House to represent Texas's 14th district, tweeted, If your congressman does nothing when Coca-Cola tells its employees to try to be less white, but would rush to any available mic if this was said about any other race, can it truly be said that they represent every American in their district or just the ones the media allows? Isn't that really it? It's the media. For some reason, The media just so desperate. This is why I can't stand the Republican Party and probably why most of you can't either. They don't offer up some any meaningful uh, opposition to Democrats. And this is what I can't stand about the far left. They're actually supporting the Democratic establishment. Why would you vote for Biden of all people? This is what I kept saying. They're like, Tim, you supported Trump. Therefore, you can't possibly be left on political issues. How many times do I got to say like these 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 clearly left positions and then say supporting Donald Trump was better than Biden because Donald Trump was crushing and causing chaos for the establishment? Donald Trump did a bunch of good things that helped working class people. He said dumb things. Sure. Sure. He was not perfect. But my choice between Trump and Joe Biden and Joe Biden is the establishment. They will lock the doors. They will make everything worse. They will be emboldened by this insane corporatist, neoliberal, neo-racist BS. Why are progressives lining up for that? Well, truth be told, a lot of a lot of progressives hold these critical race theory views. That's the problem. There used to be a left that was in favor of free speech, even for the bad guys, you know, I I just mean that in a general term. The people we don't like, the people we deem as to be the bad guys. We used to be like, yep, they're allowed to speak too, and then we will meet them on the battlefield of ideas, and we will win because we're smarter than they are, right? Yeah, not 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 that. That's not what these people think. So in a way, it's funny. The Overton window probably has moved very far to the left, and that's 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 proven just by the fact that mainstream media is all pro Biden and that Time magazine article. So we get it. But it has moved right in certain ways, like I mentioned. These these Democrat establishment chill saying a private business can do whatever it wants. You're the party of regulation. Yeah, they drifted right on that issue. Newsweek says Nigel Farage, Reform UK leader and senior editor at large for Newsweek's The Debate, also criticized the racism training materials. So to be less white means you'll be less arrogant, less ignorant. I mean, the list goes on. Try to be less white, he said. The inference here is clear, isn't it? That white is bad. White means supremacist. White means you look down your nose at everybody else. White means you are guilty. They are projecting, my friends. That's really it. Think about it. The reason why they think white people hold these views is because they do. They say it to our faces all the time. There's that funny video we talked about in the IRL podcast where this kid, this guy, I don't want to say kid, he's a guy, he's probably in his 20s. He's yelling that he's a racist. And it's so easy to admit. And I'm like, bro, (laughs) Okay, why should I listen to a racist? Isn't it insane that the left will tell you they are racists? It was probably a white person who put this policy, this, this diversity, inclusion, and equity training together, and then tells you to listen to them? Robin D'Angelo herself says she's a racist. Why are you listening to racists? We're not gonna solve any problems if this is the case. You know, look 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 at this tweet from Andy No. He says the deadly assault of an elderly Asian American man in San Francisco is being blamed on white nationalism by left-wing activists. Antoine Watson, the suspect arrested over the homicide, is black. Take a look at this. Justice for Vicha Ratana Pakdee and the violence towards Asians. Let's unite against white nationalism 2 PM Saturday, February 20th in Washington Square Park. You know why this really grinds my gears, my friends? Because for the longest time, they were trying to claim the alt-right loved Asian people, the white nationalists loved Asian people, because there are many prominent conservatives who are married to Asian women. And I said, see, that proves it. I actually got into an argument with a guy in, it was in Seattle at, at UW, University of Washington, and, and I was talking about the racism towards Asians, and he was like, you got to understand how much, you know, the, 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 the white nationalists love the demure Asian woman. That's why the Nazis were allied with Japan. It's like, bro, they never interacted with each other in World War Two, you idiot. But it's a, it's a ridiculous manipulation. Now they're trying to claim that white nationalists don't like Asians. That's just their stupid boogeyman. They're lying to you. Now listen, this is the dude. Apparently, Andy No tweets this out. Antoine Watson, who 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 killed the who, the suspect, suspect, mind you, and is until proven guilty, is black. Okay, well let's see how this plays out. But guess what? Just because a black person may have killed an Asian person doesn't mean the race is the problem. It's cultural issues and it's racism. I don't care if, if a person is white, brown, black, Asian, green, alien, whatever. I don't care what they are. If they're killing people based on race, that's a problem. That's the problem. The problem I have with these people and this diversity, you know, these fake diversity training things, or I guess you can call them real because that's what it is, is that they're racists. They're not making the problem go away. They're making it worse. They're trying to make you focus on the race of someone else to demonize a different race instead of saying, stop doing that. How about we say the ideology, the principle, the actions are the problems? How about we do that? I don't want to do that. They want a weapon for political purposes. And you know what? They're corporate allies and Democratic establishment allies support them in this. And too many leftists are lining up behind the Democrats and just giving into it. So therein lies the big problem, right? Why would Tim Pool vote for Trump, but then also claim to be a leftist? Uh, Could it be that nine million other people who voted for Obama also voted for Trump? Tons of Bernie supporters voted for Trump. And even leftists recognize that many of Trump's voters have more in common with Bernie Sanders policies than they do with the Republican Party. And that's true. Donald Trump was the guy who said, let's get you that $2,000 check. And it was McConnell who said no. It was something like 84% of people, Republicans included, said, we want a stimulus check. And Republicans will point out the problem with printing the money, understanding how it works. But still, the Republican Party, I don't even know what they are at this point, because I understand the Democrats represent the cult Who do Republicans represent? Donald Trump may have brought in way more voters for the Republican Party, but the Republican Party betrayed Trump and isn't going to offer up those voters anything. So in the end, it may actually just be a large group of people, not the majority, of Trump supporters voting for someone like Bernie Sanders in 2024 or a more populist moderate individual that the left likes because nobody likes the establishment. The problem is Here's what we need. And here's one of the reasons why I focus so much on the left so often. People like AOC. She's a grifter. Okay. By all means, we'll praise her. 100% my my respect for her raising money for the people in Texas. I don't care about the politics of it. Anyone who does that, awesome in my book. But there are things she is not awesome for. I believe that she is just saying what she needs to say to gain political brownie points. We need an actual populist who will say... Here's what we can do for the American people to make things better, to curtail the power of the billionaires who would suppress our rights so we can stop living in this oligopoly, this plutocracy. And they'll call out the Democrats and the Republicans and get the working class individuals of this country their jobs back, help protect them from foreign competition, bringing factories back to the U.S., while also making sure that people have affordable health care. I think it can be done. I think the problem is too many people line up behind the Democrats because the Republicans are evil and people need to realize the Republican Party is trash for the most part, only a small handful. When the populists of this country realize they have more in common than they don't, you'll have a new political party and perhaps that's what needs to happen. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. It's a different channel from this one. Search for it. You'll find it. And I'll see you all then.